name of game podcast i am your host the mc the master of ceremony this is your first time tuning in thank you very much shout out to all my listeners on apple podcast this is the name of game podcast shout out to all my spotify listeners this is episode 138 thank you very much for tuning in today tonight wherever you're at back in this bitch again let's go okay upcoming we have tyson fury against deontay wilder with their upcoming rematch anthony joshua he just recently offered to help tyson fury prepare for his rematch with Deontay Wilder. Tyson uh, Tyson Fury said he would love to have Anthony Joshua as a sparring partner in preparation for his WBC heavyweight title rematch against Deontay Wilder. Two-time IBF, WBA, and WBO champion Anthony Joshua made the surprise offer to his fellow Briton. While assessing the landscape in his division during an interview with Sky Sports News, Fury climbed off the canvas twice as he boxed to a thrilling draw against Wilder 12 months ago, and Joshua believes he can prevail in a rematch. The preparation is something that Joshua suggested he would like to play an active role in to set up a blockbuster showdown for all the major heavyweight belts. He said that, I think Tyson Fury would fight me quicker than Wilder does, so if that's the case, I want Fury to win because I just want to fight for the belt. Joshua said, Fury, if you need me for any sparring, we're going to fight one day. I sparred Tyson Fury when we were kids anyways. I'd go out to America and spar Tyson Fury to get him ready for his Wilder fight. I would like to to see that fight because I think Fury would fight me faster than Wilder would. Fury recently announced the appointment of Javon Sugarhill as his new head trainer over the weekend. He was quick to offer an affirmative response to Anthony Joshua via his Instagram account. He said, I just saw a video of Anthony Joshua on Sky Sports saying he would love to come visit me in camp and say that I would fight him quicker than Wilder. That's for sure, the undefeated 31-year-old Fury said. He said, when I beat Wilder, I will fight you, AJ, no problem. And I'd love to have you in my camp. I'd really love to have you in my camp for this fight and give Wilder a proper beating. I hope you mean it because I'd love to have you in this training camp. Thank you very much and well done in your last fight. Congratulations. I mean, I wasn't thoroughly impressed in his win over Andy Ruiz Jr., but even Andy Ruiz said he wasn't up to par. He wasn't... Uh, training and his diet wasn't correct. He was overweight, this and that. Everyone has excuses when they lost, just like Anthony Joshua had excuses when he got, he supposedly got knocked out in sparring before his last fight with Andy Ruiz. So I don't know, but that's very funny. I think that if anything, this is just to make news headlines, but it is interesting that he would offer to help him out in this mega fight, in this rematch. And the rematch is going to be dope, too. So I don't know how that's going to go. Who, who's going to get knocked out? Um, I don't think it's going to be Deontay. But, man, I, I just think that the 
the bigger heavyweight punchers that are actually more skilled fighters and not just power punchers, they're jealous of Deontay's shine that he gets because he's just knocking these people out flat with these ridiculous power punches. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this opens up. They got the rematch coming up. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, name of game podcast. Shout out to all my worldwide listeners. Let's go Westbrook. He says that this $100 million lawsuit against him is meritless after this altercation with the heckler. Russell Westbrook says he isn't phased by this $100 million lawsuit. Isn't phased by this $100 million lawsuit filed against him over an incident with the heckler. We're told that his camp strongly feels that the suit is meritless. Westbrook is being sued by Shane Kiesel, a a U.S. Army vet who got into it with the Houston Rockets player during a March 11th game in Utah against the Jazz. In his lawsuit, Kiesel admits he tried to heckle Westbrook by telling the NBA star that he should just sit down and ice his knees. But Kiesel claims Westbrook misheard him, believing he shouted a homophobic insult, get down on your knees like you used to. Westbrook went nuclear on Kiesel and his girlfriend, yelling, I'll fuck you up and your wife. I'll fuck you up. Video of Westbrook's comments went viral. In fact, Kiesel says he was banned from the Smart Home Arena and all Utah Jazz games for life. Plus, Kiesel says he was fired from his job, kicked out of a pilot training program, and has received numerous death threats. Those are the Russell Westbrook fan babies going crazy on this guy because he was beefing with them at the game. It's so crazy. Um, People yell at games, so what? Like, why are you making a big deal out of this? I don't even know why. Like, in $100 million, like, did he actually punch you? I could understand if he just went off and punched you. Okay, but really? So he and Huff are now both suing Westbrook and and the Jazz for $100 million. For defamation, intentional infliction of emotional distress, false light, and more. A source close to Westbrook slammed the claims telling us, The lawsuit is meritless. The Jazz conducted their own investigation of the guy's conduct at that game. And based on their investigation, they decided to ban him from attending any future Jazz games. So Westbrook's entire camp is confident the court will support this. I would throw this shit out if I was the judge. I don't even, this is crazy, $100 million. And who released the video? Because obviously it wasn't rest, It wasn't Westbrook while he was yelling at these people. So somebody, I don't know if it was a fan, his wife, one of them released this video of him going berserk on them, saying he'll fuck them up, whatever. But man... Um, don't talk shit and you won't get shit talked back to you and then you want to play the victim and then you want to play the $100 million victim. You know, that sounds crazy. Yeah, so my my thoughts on that is get the fuck out of here with that. They're going to throw that out. Um, goofy, man. You'll never even get 10% of what he's trying to get out of that, you know, so. And if he does, I'll be very surprised. Let's go. To boxing, back to fighting, back to MMA. Here's a thought. I want to go on record and say this. Wouldn't this be dope? This is the way that we keep the, the sport pure. Is have the fans vote on who's fighting next. As long as it's within the same weight. 
division. The fans should be able to vote on these mega fights, make them happen. Uh, that that's where the money's at because if if you listen to your fans, the fans will tune in and watch. It's guaranteed if if they're demanding it. That's my thoughts on that. So that that could be the future of fighting is having the fans start to pick these matches. And of course, there's thoughts of people being able to rig those results. That's further down the line. There has to be some type of secure way of voting on these fights because I think that that would be extra dope everybody would get the fights that they see they would make the biggest amount of money because the people would tune in guaranteed because they're asking for it you give them what they're asking for uh, the UFC grows bigger boxing grows bigger it's just an all-around good idea, I feel like. So I wanted to express that, put that on record. UFC and boxing should have voting for the fans, for the fights. Make them happen. Let's go. All right, moving along. Let's go back to the discussion of artists, rappers in particular, but almost any artist in any genre. They're worth more when they're dead. Once they die, they're worth more. Their record sales go up. Streams go up. Merchandise sales go up. It goes up. So the biggest thing for a label is to have a big artist that has already put out some established music and made a buzz have a big artist on their label die. And even in a tragic way, you know, that that's even better, you know, for for the sympathy and for the plays and for the legend and for the the mystique of it all. And as soon as as soon as this artist dies, right, if they have this big artist, it's like these companies are waiting on these artists to die. As soon as they die, where do you think all the revenue and all the money's going to when they basically have these deals structured with them that, you know, they're probably taking almost everything like 90%, 80%, 75%, 50%. They're taking almost everything. They benefit greatly after an artist's death because overall that artist isn't there anymore to even account for things at that point and it's just other people that were dealing with them so it's like a, a struggle of money but it's it's so much that it's just going everywhere you know so at that point you know as the as long as the label feels like they got their cut all the other money going the opposite way that should go to the artist's family is going to the wrong people things like that but it's crazy though i wouldn't um I wouldn't be surprised to see that labels are putting their artists in in danger themselves just to make that happen. And what do you and, and you guys are probably thinking like, what do you mean putting them in danger? Um, providing them with drugs, sending them to shows where you know things could happen, um, just setting up different situations for them to get in trouble or get hurt. It's just like a rapper or a singer, whatever, getting locked up when they're locked up. They get that buzz, but it's not like them dying. 
you know. So for a record label, they would love for their artists to get locked up. That's a great publicity, great buzz for their artists. But if they die, that's bigger than that, especially if they've already made their mark. You know, chopping the, uh, topping the charts, making big songs already popular. They don't care. Once you already did that, then they're ready for you to go. You already did what you were supposed to for them. You're disposable at that point. There's other um, stars and people they can create and mur almost murder, I guess, you know, and or get them, make them murder themselves. You know, they're like, fuck it, you got a bunch of tattoos on your body already anyways. You know, let's provide him with a little bit more codeine, a little bit more uh, cocaine, whatever he takes, Percocets. They're killing these artists off themselves. That's what I believe. Like, that's my theory. They love to blow these artists up and then they die young. They get control of the majority of the big money flow that comes in after their death. And then there you go. That's the name of the game. So this is Name of Game, Name of Game Podcast, Name of Game Podcast.com. Shout out to my worldwide listeners tuning in no matter where you're at. Back in this bitch again, episode 138. Shout out to everybody on all major platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. No matter, what, no matter where your geographic location is at, we fuck with you. We appreciate you. United States, Canada. Russia, Sweden, Sweden United, United Kingdom, Kingdom Philippines, Philippines, Australia, Spain, Turkey, Taiwan, let's go. Shout out to Name of Game Podcast, bitch.